We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Last night at the gala, it was awesome. But it was, it was like one of those moments where you're like, now I really want some hand sanitizer. Because you just change partners all the time. And, and I'm not saying that you had unclean hands. I was just thinking of my ones. So everyone who danced with me, I hope you washed your hands afterwards. <laughs> just joking. Joking. All right. So good. <laughs> Now, it was a great time last night at the gala, and uh, uh, lots of people were up dancing, having a good time, and, and well done to uh, Amy Griffith, who took out, um, took out the People's Choice Award and also the Judging Award, and so that was for her tiramisu, almost cheesecake something or other. And, uh, and so she's actually out in Mosgill this morning, and with uh, our team out there, uh, Matt's preaching. And uh, I'm not sure who led worship. Anna led worship. So uh, I'm sure they're having a good time. Great time last Sunday. Who enjoyed the, gar- uh, the, the garden party? So good. So well done to everyone who's, who queued up in lines. And so, uh, yeah, we've, we've learned some things. But I reckon sometimes queues are a good thing because we just start talking about all sorts of stuff. And, uh, and so, so it's good. And, so, and also, well done to you who, who have made it here this morning. Um, I, I thank the Lord for smartphones. They just do everything for you. Yeah. you know, if you've changed your smartphone, unchange it. Because uh, it would have already been smarter than you and would have done it. So, uh, but unfortunately for you, none of the clocks in church have changed. And the one that I can see up there right now is that it is uh, currently quarter to... Oh, that one has changed. But I can't, I can, I'm really using the one in the foyer. And I'm not sure if that one's changed, but it's all right. What we're going to do is I'm going to go and I'm going to stand in the foyer and I'm going to preach this morning. We're going to turn our chairs around. And anyone who comes in late will just know. And just like, we'll just stop. No, no, we won't do that. We won't do that. Um, ah, this, is, this is one of those Sundays that it is, uh, is a joy to be in church because, uh, you know, it's not just um, 10 a.m., it's 9 a.m. Uh, yeah, so, so I like it that we're, we're just passionate people who love Jesus and time's not an issue. Amen. And so uh, I, I believe this morning God wants to do something. In fact, I know the Lord wants to do something um, because he's just given me uh, a follow-up message from last week. And, uh, and, and we're just going to, at the end of this message, we're going to pray. And we're going we're gonna to put on a little bit of a grit. And we're just going to pray. And we're just going to believe for the, for the Lord to do some stuff on our behalf and in our behalf as well. Yeah. Um, so let's pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord, for everything you are to us. Lord, would you just uh, again... Uh, reveal yourself just a little bit more to every single one of us. And maybe in situations that we're, we're finding difficult or, 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 or we, we just don't have peace, Lord, you, it says that you've come uh, and you, you're going to give us peace. And peace be with you, peace with us. And so, Lord, we pray for that this morning. And, and Lord, I also pray just right now over every person that the Spirit of the Lord will bring freedom. 
And Lord, where things have been lost, where things have been killed and where things have been destroyed, Lord, today I believe you're going to turn them into life and life in in its abundance. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray for every person, Lord, that there's a fight, the good fight of faith in their spirit today, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If, if, if you, everyone says amen, awesome. I was just like so excited. I was getting into it because I was, I was like, this is my moment to re, re, just review last week's message. And, and the review of last week's message was the highlight of the Turkish bath. Amen. And uh, I don't know, if you weren't here last week, you won't know about the highlight of the Turkish bath. And, and I'm not here to retell you my experience um, and Desiree's like, thank the Lord. Um, but uh, I think all of us have experiences in life, and, and, uh, and this, this Turkish bath was a full experience for me. And, and then I talked a little bit about the, driving the 911 Porsche. And, you know, this week someone's been taunting me. I've seen this 911 Porsche parked near church all week. And the good thing about it is I do actually know the owner, and uh, we're working something out right now. Amen, amen. But um, uh, I want us to just turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10 again. And we're reading from 7 through 13. And, and we are uh, just using the Passion Translation. So, 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 we, we, so Jesus went over it again. I speak to you in eternal truth. I am the gate for the flock. All those who broke in before me are thieves who come to steal, but the sheep never listen to them. I am the gateway, this is Jesus, to enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep, but the worker who serves only for wages is not a real shepherd because he has no heart for the sheep. He will run away and, uh, and abandon them when he sees them, the wolf coming. And then the wolf mules, mauls the sheep, drags them off and scatters them. Uh, you know, in this scripture, I, I really want to highlight the experience. John 10.10. 10. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy but Jesus has come to give you life and life in its abundance. And I believe that we should live a life that is abundant. We should live a life that is full of God's blessing. But the reality is, and I talked about it last week, that, that this is where, where we can start. You know, the, the, some of the things were um, just, to, just to, to trust God, to listen and hear God and to trust God, but then just to start, a little bit like, uh, you know, Peter took a step, Nehemiah placed a rock, Elisha struck the Jordan, David walked on a field, Moses went before Pharaoh, and so on and so on, and, 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 we've, and it's just about starting. But uh, also I thought, man, the, I've got to do a follow-up message from this because the, the other person that had started was also the devil. He's started and, and he's got in, Yeah. Because he's, he's no fool. He's, he's, he's been defeated and we have victory. 
but He has also come against us. And so a lot of us are living in life and we're living in this experience that we're experiencing some level of fullness, but all of us could probably say we have or maybe even are experienced a, a, a bit of steel. Something's been stolen. We may even be experiencing that something is dead. We may even be experiencing that something's been destroyed. And, and this message this morning is something to encourage and to stir you of how to get something back that's been stolen. How to breathe life into something that's dead and how, how, how again to take back something that you think has been destroyed, but God's going to be in this. And so I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what promise that the, that the devil has stolen away. But I, I, I pray this morning that you're going to leave this place knowing that you're, you're an amazing person. You're, a, you're an amazing child of God and that the Lord is on your side. The devil's been defeated, Jesus has won, and, and we're going to walk out of this place claiming and taking back stuff that, that the devil has, has tried to take away, because that's all he's done. And even though we might be feeling and might be thinking that the, that the devil has done some stuff, he's only tried. He's only tried because the Bible says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. So weapons that have form, been formed against us, we're not neglating, neg negating that. We're, we're not being um, naive to that. But we're, we're also saying, hey, this is not going to prosper. Uh, and, and so as, as, we, as I just share some scripture this morning, I, I pray that, uh, that something is just going to breathe life in, into our heart and into our spirit. So, so what do you do? when you've had something stolen? What do you do when something has died? What do you do when something is destroyed? How do we respond? How, how do we act? What do you do when your life experience isn't lining up with what you believe? And so this morning, I pray that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And as we unpack some scriptures out of the Word of God, I pray that things are gonna come alive. You know, and... In Romans chapter 12, verse 21 in the New King James Version, it says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do not become, uh, do not become, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. I found out in life, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, this has not always been easy. But what I've found is that when, when the devil tries to come in this spirit, the only way that we can overcome it is by going in the opposite spirit. And when, when we realize that in, in, in our spirit and in our faith, we, we can overcome evil by, by doing good in the opposite spirit. And I, and I believe that's one of the keys to living a life full because it's going out in faith, yeah? It's going out in faith. And so um, let's, let's go to the Bible and, uh, and, and we're going to read uh, a some different scriptures and some different accounts of what has happened when, when something has gone wrong in your life or in, in, in our lives. So what was stolen, you know, if something's ever been stolen, what do you do? You, you want it back. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've not had a lot of things stolen. I have stolen someone's car. 
I'll, I'll show that. Uh, that was when I was 16, and I recommitted my life when I was 17, so it's just that's been sort of, <laughs> Jesus has taken that, and, and uh, anyway, and, uh, and by the way, the person who owned the car that I didn't really know at the time, we were actually good friends now, so <laughs> not back then, but definitely now, anyway. It was Pastor Jordan's car, if you don't know who uh, we're talking about. And we did steal it from a church. Oh, it was just the way that Jesus was bringing me closer and closer to the church. I was just, like, oh, we got to the car park, we just didn't get through the doors. Anyway. Um, but what, what do you do when something's stolen? You, you want to get it back. You want to get it back. We, we were living in London, and, and one, one afternoon I came home, and, and I, was, I was putting the key into my front door, and then uh, out, out, we were in a downstairs flat of, a, in a, of like a whole block of houses, and putting the key in the front door, and then uh, we're on the ground floor, and so we've got this little patio. And so I'm in the little foyer. There was another door, and then just outside was a gate that goes into our patio. And, you know, normally that's locked from the inside. And so you've got to jump over to unlock it. And I, and I just see two guys open that patio door from the inside and run out. And they had a, had a computer that looked like my computer. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. And so I got, took the key out of my, uh, left the key in my front door. And, and, and I had to unlock the other door to get out for some reason. I don't know how. But I, for some reason, it, it worked really fast. And I got out and I ran. And I chased this guy down who had my computer, tackled him to the ground. Because he's, he's trying to get onto a bike. So I just pushed him off the bike. And my computer went sliding all over the ground and all that sort of stuff. And the power cable cord was wrapped up in his bike gears and all this sort of stuff. And, and he, 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 thought, he thought he was dead. He just stood up and he was like, what, what am I going to do? And I said, give me my computer back and you can leave. And I don't know why I said that because I didn't really want to get into a, a fight or anything like that. I just said, give me my computer back and you can leave. And I got my computer back, and, and, and it was a real bizarre occasion because he held his bike, and I untangled the power cable <laughs> from his bike. And it was like once we untangled the power cable from his bike, it was like, high five, man, catch you later. It was bizarre. It was weird. And, and, and like, adrenaline is just pumping. Like, ah, I'm like, and then so, so he just, hops on his bike and rides off. I was going to say drive off. And, and I'm like, whoa, what the heck just happened, you know? The adrenaline going. But I think, you know, when we lose something, we've got to have a, an aggression in our spirit to go back after it. Yeah, a lot of the times we lose something, we think, oh, well, I'm not going to get that back. You know, it was, sometimes, you know, you can come home and something's gone and you don't get the opportunity to chase after the people, but I had the opportunity. I was like, I'm not going to let this person take what is rightfully mine. And I, I think as Christians, we've also got to have a grit in our spirit to go, I'm not going to let the devil take what is rightfully mine because it was paid for by Jesus Christ. And so it's like David here in First Samuel chapter 30. There's a story about the, the, the um, 
they had a, a battle. And let me just read it. It says, Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at the town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid in the Negev, 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 that place. And Ziklag, they had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the woman and the children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives that person and that person and Abigail, uh, the, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk about stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord. May, most of you, some of you may have heard this story before. I've used it before in illustrations. But you know, when, when stuff goes wrong, how do we choose to then respond? When, when, when something's taken, when something's stolen, how do we choose to respond? We just go, oh, well, that's it. You know, there was a response from the rest of the men. They started blaming David. And, and in, this, in this passage, I think David could also equate to God. David's not God in this passage, but isn't it funny how we start blaming God for stuff? Oh God, you were supposed to do this. You were supposed to do that. But instead of blaming God, let's run to God. Let's strengthen ourselves in God and say, you know what? We're gonna go after what's been stolen. We're gonna go and take back what has been stolen. And, uh, and, and, and it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Then uh, he said to Abathah the priest, bring me the ephod. So Abathah brought it. Then David asked the Lord, shall I chase after the band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. When the, like, let, let's just read this, Psalm 34, verse 6. I prayed to the Lord and He answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. When something is stolen, go and get it back. Go and take it back. There's people in this room who have got children who the devil's stolen away from the kingdom. And I'm not saying you've accepted that. I know, I know as a parent, you'll never accept that. But I reckon it's time to just go and take it back. I reckon it's time to continue. And it's not that you've given up because you've not given up. But there's just something saying, you know what, you've, you've got to the point where you don't even know where to start. Just, just start, just get, it, get out and get the ephod, get the presence of God and, and sought the Lord, seek the Lord and hear what He says and let Him stir your spirit, let Him stir your heart again. Maybe it's time, you know, He might say, hey, uh, I just want you to get up and pray. He's coming home close. She's coming home close. I just want you to just believe, just hold on one more time. I'm doing something. I'm doing something and, and, and the Lord is, 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 is going to bring that peace into your spirit. But you just go after something that's been stolen. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, it says this, You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. 
Then God made you alive with Christ, for He forgave all our sins. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, He disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by His victory over them on the cross. See, see, see we've got a great example of, of being able to, of how do, you, how do you go after something? How do you take back something that's been stolen as you lay down your life? We've got the example of what the Lord did with Jesus Christ where He went after us, something that had been stolen away because of sin. And, 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 and sin had entered the world and we'd all fallen. We'd all been separated from God, it talks about in Romans. But Jesus knew, the Lord knew the value. He knew that this has been stolen. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go after it. I'm gonna go after my people. I'm gonna go after them and I'm gonna lay down my life and He's gonna disarm the spiritual rulers and authority, why? By dying on the cross and on the third day rising again. I want to tell you there's hope in Jesus Christ. With the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you. Do you believe that this morning? Come on, some of you are believing for husbands, some of you are believing for wives to come into the kingdom. Some of you are believing for husbands and wives to be married to as well. But... You know, there's people in this room that I know who you're believing. Just, just continue laying down your life. Be the example that Christ would, would be. And they'll hear, they'll see something. You know, actions speak louder than words sometimes. Just keep serving. Just keep praying. Just keep believing. Because you're just going after something that has been stolen. And when you know the value of it, just like Jesus knew the value of you, he'll go after you and he'll intercede for you. You know, in Isaiah chapter 61, it says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Amen. To all who mourn in Israel, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning and festive praise instead of despair. See, there's promises from God that they want to rise, He wants to rise up in your spirit. So no, we're going after this again. I'm going after it again. He's going he's gonna to change ashes to beauty. He, he's going to bring, uh, he's going to give you joy, his blessing instead of mourning, his festive praise instead of despair. Is there anyone this morning who wants some of that? Can we give the Lord some praise for that this morning? He has sent me, he has sent Jesus, this is what Jesus, to comfort the brokenhearted. And to proclaim that the captives will be released. See, I believe it's just time to, to, to tell the devil where he sits. To tell him that he's been defeated. This, this, this property is not yours anymore. And we're not going to put up, because my, my Bible tells me there's hope. My Bible tells me there's, there's beauty instead of ashes. There's joy instead of mourning. So we take back what has been stolen. You know, what do, what do we do, though, when, 
things have been stolen, but they've also almost, they've got to the point when it's died. In the natural, it's died. You can't see any way through anymore. There's just like, I, I've actually got, you've got to the point where it's, there's just no answers. I've prayed for a long, I've even sought Jesus. It's like, Jesus, come and help. And he hasn't turned up. And something's died. What do we do? Well, we go to the Bible. And let's go to an exact, uh, an exact example. When they've sought Jesus and Jesus hasn't turned up, then something died. But there was resurrection life. Some of you may know where we're going with this. It says in John chapter 11, verses 33 through to 44. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing uh, with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he, he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, come and see. Then Jesus wept. If you're not sure where we are, this is about Lazarus. The people who were standing near, near, nearby said, see how much he loved him? But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? I don't know about you, but sometimes I've been guilty of having the same attitude. Um, Verse 38, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, it has been, he, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. You know, sometimes we come up with really random excuses. We're more worried about the smell of, of resurrection. We're still, we're still worried about the outcome of the renewal rather than the celebration of what's been restored. I think that's just, sometimes we're more afraid of, of that than we are of actually the answers. Um, let's just keep going. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus took, looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing them, hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all the, these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands, feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. When something is dead, and put in a tomb, the only person that we can listen to is Jesus. And I believe that the Lord would say this, a similar word to us today. The similar phrase, the similar sentence is this, roll the stone away. Just, just roll the stone away. Create an opportunity for the Lord to come and do something. 
Just roll the stone away. Like, oh, this, I don't know what's going to oh, This is crazy. And we come up with excuses like, oh, it's going to smell bad. Yeah, but if he's alive, he can have a shower. Don't you think Jesus can help him with that too? But we've just got to roll the stone away. For some of us this morning, your life and life in its abundance, your experience and your experience to the fullness is just saying, okay, I'm going to roll the stone away. I'm going to listen to what Jesus has said and I'm going to roll the stone away. And as they rolled the stone away, what happens? Jesus shouts, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus comes out and in his grave clothes and they, and, he, and they slowly unwrap him. See, there's a process from when something is dead. It's not just, it, it, there's a process that we just start unwrapping things again. Like you might think your marriage is dead, but maybe we could just roll the stone away and just slowly just start unwrapping it. And in getting to a point where there's freshness and, there's, and it's revived and it's alive again, but there's been a process. It might smell a little bit. It might, might pong a little bit. It's a great word. But there's a process that the Lord can breathe something that's dead and breathe it into life again. Maybe it's not a marriage. Maybe it's another relationship. Maybe you're estranged from a brother or a sister or, or a mother or a father. Come on, just, just roll the stone away. Take the first step. Just take the first step. Maybe it's just phone call. Maybe you're even sitting in this room. We had this in Master, and I don't think there's anything in this, like this in this room, but I had this in Master and, uh, for three years. I did not know that one person who sat on that side of the room was the sister to the person who sat on this side of the room. And they didn't talk to each other. I'm like, what? But that happens, doesn't it? Why? Because we're just not sure of the first steps. The first steps are just listening to Jesus and say, I'm going to roll the stone away. And then we go on a process. And we unwrap some stuff. And we clean it up. And what happens? Lazarus is alive. Things can be rolled away. Things can come alive. Hallelujah. Don't let the devil define your life experience. Get up, roll the stone away. Come on, it's time to dream again. The very same thing on Luke chapter 24. But very early on Sunday morning, the woman went to the tomb taking the spices she had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So, that, so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. See, the Lord was talking to, to, to us saying, roll the stone away to Lazarus. But the very thing that he was telling them to do, he's also had the power to do himself. And so when he tells you to do something, he's not doing it going thinking, hey, this is a new trick. Because he's outside of time. And you already knew that he can roll the stone away. All right. And so he, when, when he said, hey, you might not have seen this before. You might not have heard about this before. But I just want to tell you to roll the stone away. Because I know that I can do it. I know that I've been there. I've done that. And he's got the power to bring breakthrough into your circumstance. We want to experience life and life in its fullness. Uh, Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, 
in the Passion Version again. It says, I know what it means to lack. I, I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. For I am trained in, this, in the secret of overcoming all things, whether in fullness or in hunger. And I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Isn't that awesome? See, greater is He that lives in you than he that's in the, in the world. And this morning, if, if, if I pray that there's something that's coming alive, saying, you know what, the power of God lives in me. The, the power that Jesus used to roll His stone away is the same power that I can use to roll my stone away. And that's the same power that I can say, Lazarus, come out. It's the same power that I can start going through a process and just unwrapping stuff and unwrapping stuff. And, and we start seen revival in relationships and in the very things that God is believing uh, for you to see a breakthrough in. Almost finished. What about, what do we do if, I mean, when things have been stolen, things are dead, but like it's been a long time now. It's been ages. It's not just four days. It's not a recent thing that's happened in life. It's just been something that's been happening over and over and over. It's, it's, it's destroyed. There's no hope. What do we do? We go to the Bible. <laughs> we go to the Bible. And, and you may know this story, but it was the only, or it was the, I'm sure there's other illustrations, but I think this is really what, what the Lord shares with us is in Ezekiel 37. It's the valley of the dry bones. You walk to a valley and you just see a whole lot of dry bones. That's destroyed. I don't know about you, you know, you, there's just imagery of things that have happened through wars and um, genocide and all that and mass graves and all that. You just think, man, this is there's, there's nothing that can happen from this. But in Ezekiel 37, the, the Lord gives a vision and he shares how, how, the, how we can believe and we can dream and have hope again. And it says this, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to the valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again. Would you like to be in this situation? I don't know if I'd like to be in this situation. And where, where the Spirit of God is talking to you and you're looking at something which is, looks like it's dead, looks like it's destroyed, looks like it's impossible, and you're having a conversation with the Lord, I wonder if uh, that's a thing called faith. It's, it's not understanding. <laughs> I don't no, no way do I understand this. I wonder if it's a thing called faith now. See, see if, if something is completely destroyed, nothing you can do apart from experience faith will see something that's been destroyed come back to life when life feels like it has been scattered there's still hope 
there's still hope. Where, where you think something is just, ah, it's gone, ah, give up, go. Now there's, there's still hope. There's, there's still hope. Oh, sovereign Lord, let's keep reading. I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Yeah, that's a great way of deflection right there. I don't know. You tell me. Anyway, then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, see, prophecy is, is, is breathing into the future. I've never prophesied over someone's past. Oh, you have done this. And you, uh, just, it just doesn't ring with me. It's like, uh, one day, uh, and, and I, no, I'm just not even, I can't even go there. I, I can't even bring an example up. Because you can't speak into the past. You can only speak into the future. You can, you can help heal someone from the past. And you can prophesy their true direction and their true uh, calling of God. And, and you can speak into the dry bones that the devil has destroyed. And so is this. Um, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. If we can have the worship team up, that would be awesome. I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will become, you will come to life. Then you will know that I am Lord. See, if something's been destroyed, I, I feel like one of the ways that the Lord will help us is this we just breathe again. Is this we just, man, Lord, Lord, I know I'm spending time with you and I know I'm hearing from you and I, this situation looks just drastic. It doesn't look like, it's just bones, it's dry. But he says, if, could we just speak into the circumstance? Could maybe we just prophesy into the circumstance? Could we breathe hope? So in this passage of Scripture, one, one thing that will, will determine some of your life and life in its fullness experience is your language. If you're a, it's over. If you're an I can't. If you're a, it smells too much. It's been four days. It's a valley of dry bones, Lord. Come on, what do you think? If you're that type of person, you experience a level of fullness of life. But I don't believe you experience the fullness of life. And a real key to changing our language is, is, about, is about coming before God. And knowing that He loves you so much that He will die on the cross on the third day rise again and defeat the grave, shame the devil publicly and take back that all authority. And a key to changing your language is just knowing the deepness of God's love for you and for me. 
for you and for me. Tammy was leading prayer meeting this morning. And she was like, come on, what are the two main commandments? And there was a mumble. sure KFC would be up there and I'm sure now it's love the Lord your God with all your heart all your mind and all your soul and the second right what's the second one love your neighbour as yourself see the, the the trueness of living a full life is to love the Lord your God with absolutely everything in here and here but then to believe for the person that's sitting in front of you, behind you, on your left and your right. And to go, you know what? I'm just going to encourage them. I'm going I'm to speak prophetic words. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly I spoke and there was a rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then I watched muscle and flesh form over the bones and skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath from four winds, breathe in these dead bodies so they may live again. I spoke the message as He commanded me and breath came into their bodies. They all came to, to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then He said to me, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. O my people, I will open up your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am Lord and I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken. I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. See, I want to tell you this morning, live life in its fullness, the fullness that Jesus Christ has come to give you. But the devil will try to steal, kill, and destroy. He will try and form things against you, but they will not prosper because you're a people that know how to stand up. You're a people that know how to rattle the bones together, how to speak truth into destroyed situations. You're a people that know the power of the Spirit of God in your life and you're believing for breakthrough. And so this morning, we're just going to continue to breathe. We're going to continue to pray. I know, I know there's people in this room believing for healing. You haven't been stolen yet. You're not dead. And you're definitely not destroyed. And so we're going to breathe. There's other people in this room. You've got situations where there's health matters in your family and from young to old. And you're like, oh, we've, we've just, uh, we've tried, we've tried, we've tried. No, we just roll the stone away again. Just roll it away. We're going to breathe. We're going to breathe again. We're going to pray again. Why? Because no weapon formed against me 
will prosper. I want to read you just a couple more scriptures that I, I wrote in another area. It says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's Isaiah 41 verse 10. Cast your burdens on the Lord and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Psalm 55 verse 22. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall not run, as they shall run, sorry, and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 41, 31. And keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in His eyes. Fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure, feasting on His faithfulness. Psalm 37, verse 3. We do live in a fallen world, but we live with the victorious Jesus. So it's learning just how to fight a good fight of faith. It's learning how to come against the the weapons of the devil. Ephesians chapter 6 says you hold up the shield of faith to deflect the fiery arrows of the enemy. So if an arrow gets in and you feel like something's been stolen, you go after it. If you feel like something's dead, what do you do? You roll the stone away and you declare and you know the power of God in your life. If something's been destroyed, you start speaking hope and life into its future. In Jesus' name, why don't we stand together this morning as we finish. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.